Hello, welcome to the Kindness Chef podcast. I am your host, Harpal Dutt. Today's episode is called Sitting With. This is a longer, deeper conversation where I interview a different guest, where we create a recipe to nourish your mind, body and soul. Hello, welcome Seema Kohli to the Kindness Chef podcast. Um, we met randomly or serendipitously at the end of an Art of Kindness event in London, which I don't know, was it 2017 or 18? And um, I, I just remember it was right at the end, you know, you're about to leave and I came to you, you were collecting your coat. <laughs> And I decided in this moment to ask you about kindness and I made a video and the rest yeah. is history. So True. it was, <laughs> yeah. So it's very lucky that, you know, we met at this event and we connected over kindness. And I was uh, really excited to invite you here for us to talk about wisdom today. And um, so just to begin to introduce you, I want to do a little bit of an introduction, but also, you know, you can add to this introduction. So on your website, seemacoli.com, um, I like this description. I, I see you as an artist, but, you know, you refer to yourself as a painter and teller of stories. I thought that was just wonderful description. <laughs> I <Yes>. do. <laughs> And uh, another thing I loved on your website, it says that she serves up the Upanishads and newspaper headlines in doses of caffeine. I love that. That's one of the writer's uh, interpretation of my work, uh, Kishore Singh. That's the way he interprets my work. Yeah, so how, how would, is that a good introduction? Have I missed something? Like, how would you introduce yourself? Like, who you are and how you what you do uh, of course uh, i cannot take it away from me that i'm a painter because that's the only identity of my interpretation or my language of my wor words or thoughts or whatever that i have but i became a painter because i was uh, more of a dreamer so I think that's one very important thing in my, <laughs> uh, that I, I, I think I'm more of a dreamer, a seeker, uh, a dreamer who seeks the dreams. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And in the process, these dreams get interpreted as my art, uh, as images and I think these dreams are also, or these ideas are uh, fed by my, the oral traditions or the narratives that are constantly in the air that we keep hearing from different sources, our uh, parents, grandparents, society as such, people as such, wherever you go. It is not only from one particular region, but of course, because I'm here in Delhi, in India, I am more, uh, uh, the stories are more accessible from this space, uh, but I'm equally interested uh, whenever, wherever I go, I am extremely open and I like to feed myself with whatever, I can, and the word feed comes also from the fact that I'm a Punjabi and all about food comes yes. in. Yes, and this is the kindness chef, so I love that feeding, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. About feeding, you know, what I wanna do is help people to nourish their mind, body, and soul. Yeah. So these um, A to Z of recipes for which W is wisdom, I think is very important for us to, you know, I really wanted to speak with you because, you know, the world that you've created for yourself, I've actually, you know, you invited me to come and stay with you. Yeah. So I was very lucky, you know, we were both very open and, you know, that was one of my highlights actually, when I came to India in 2019. And, you know, I felt in your whole space or my time being with you that, you know, I have, I have to have you on this podcast to talk about wisdom 
it's not just you know when you go and stay with somebody it's another experience you get to like enter a bit of their life I met your father I saw I don't know if you were talking about the you go there in the evenings and you read I think the Upanishads and yeah you know this is a privilege actually going and entering somebody's life and your space you know you had all these divas the lights yeah and I loved it you know in that space um it's I felt that you know the light yeah, because for me uh, these uh, uh, you know the uh, ghee lamps they are more of capturing that energy yes bringing it forward like it is alive each and every portion of the air or whatever we are breathing, we are standing, there's no space which has not got that energy. And I just love this whole magic of yes. energy coming alive and sort of manifesting itself right there in front of you. And yes, I felt that in your space. And so, you know, you've created this quite carefully, I think, you know. You put a lot of thought. Uh, I don't know about carefully, but for me, it was just um, a space I could sort of connect with and I could make the others also a part of it. Because uh, after all, it is not only for me that I'm doing this, but I really uh, sort of, I can't use the word enjoy, but I that makes me feel very good when somebody comes and say that they are connecting with something else along with meeting me. So it is the space which holds us, which is more important for me uh, than me as a person, because that is making me the person that I am. Yeah, I don't know if I'm able to express it right, but yes, but I think it takes some intention, you know. You, the, of course, what, you, what you've built and created around you, you know, as yeah. a painter, as, you know, and all these narratives, you've created this, I think, with the space that you, yeah, you live I, in. And we come there and, you know, we go on a journey with you. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is very intentional. That is true. It is very intentional. It has been uh, carved over the years uh, of my uh, uh, this uh, whole passion with energy and uh, sort of connecting with it, connecting uh, with each and every aspect of the sensuality of energy because uh, spirit is nothing else but a path through the senses. You know, you cannot experience the spirit without this body or the senses and all the senses when they get together, they make you experience the spiritual. Uh, so uh, uh, for me, it becomes a contradiction when uh, I hear that, oh my God, spiritual is something beyond the senses, of course, but the path is through the senses. And that is the space I, like to create for myself to experience it almost every time every time uh, i uh, sort of bring my awareness to it because breathing of course as we know is we're breathing all the time but meditating or breathing with awareness is what meditation is all about you know, because when you are breathing with awareness, when you are seeing the world around you with awareness, your concentration to your breath, to your body, to your senses becomes more and more enhanced and uh, aware. And this is not only as a written or a spoken word that I sort of want to give myself or experience myself. I like to sort of work on it, uh, uh, experiment with it, bring myself to certain situations where I can prove it to myself. Well, it is, it is right here. It is with me, you know? So it is a complete, uh, it's a game that you're constantly playing with yourself and uh, it keeps you really, uh, 
on your toes also and you're trying to probe all the time, uh, which is, I think, the most beautiful. And I think um, it also enriches uh, my practice, my practice as an artist, because art in itself is a very sensuous activity. It is not something that, okay, today I will paint. It is not something like that. What are you going to paint after all? It is not something that you, uh, uh, it is beyond you. It, it is always like within. And you, uh, and I, I think any artist understands the layers of the subconscious mind and, uh, mind and they like to sort of keep on, you know, sort of putting off that sheet and going deeper and deeper. And that is how an artwork is created. And that's why an uh, artist mostly works in seclusion, but experiences in the outer world. Okay. You know, it's, it's a very inward, outward activity. It is not that it is completely inward. It is an inward, outward. You uh, experience it. Uh, you work on it practically. And then it sort of imbibes in your consciousness in your mind and the layers of consciousness and when you are going to be painting it sort of comes out very smoothly and very uh, in in Sanskrit there is a word sehej like it comes out uh, it free flows itself there is no pushing off the subject yes. like, okay what should I do or should I make this there's no that kind even if there is a planning in the spacing of the, uh, the images, because those images are alive, right? They are there. They are uh, demanding their own space, their own area of existence, and the things they want around that themselves. So I guess it's a very interesting uh, way of uh, sort of, Uh, uh, experimenting again. I am I using the word too often, but no. that's what it is all about. <laughs> and uh, some of the word in English, I think, perhaps is flow as well. It's like a state yeah, of, of you know when you forget about time. Yeah, and you are just truly in that experience. And I think it's important. Flowing. Yes. Yeah, you're flowing, and you know, flowing and flying both. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you lose that sense of gravity. You lose that sense of gravity also within this space. And the, I find that uh, when I'm in my studio, actually I am spending so much time here that there are times when I plan to do certain things, the other chores, but uh, I just, it becomes uh, very difficult for me to move out, you know, because you are already in that space of no gravity, no connection to the outer world, and you sort of keep on moving on in that. And I think that is the reason people connect to art. Uh, uh, and it, it becomes relevant to them over the years, an artwork which is in their homes, maybe it, it does not have to be a masterpiece, any art, because the artist has gone through various stages of consciousness uh, while creating it. And you connect to it through the various stages of consciousness that you are going through, the different moods that you are going through. So you are living those moods through the images that an artist uh, has lived. And that's what I believe. And you have um, so many around your house as well. Also your daughter and photographs and, yeah, you know, and so I think, yeah, and your son, your family of uh, artists, creators. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's an illustrator or how? Yeah, he is, and, an environmental illustrator. Yes. But, um, you know, studies have been done around, um, you know, real artworks and the energy level it creates. 
it's probably sure. because of what you're saying you know it makes a difference i think if you have a print on the wall to you know um, a real art piece that somebody has hand drawn there's a different energy yeah. level absolutely it? absolutely everything so, has a print yeah how you know how would you define wisdom you you talked a bit about this inner and going outward so what what is what is wisdom well, for me, uh, how I would interpret wisdom is uh, something which you have gained out of your own experience. You've lived it. You know, your bones have lived it. Uh, it, it it's a phrase, but uh, it is that your body, which has no existence, but uh, like it is supposed to be, you know, um, that it, uh, you know, finally you have to die and the soul lives and there are so many other things, but the nourishment of everything the body experiences and that, uh, I think the essence of which remains with you is the wisdom and it is gathered over uh, years with your own convictions and your own belief in it. You know, you may have experienced something, but not all experiences become wisdom. The conviction with which you have lived those experiences, you have practiced those experiences and every time, every time you have put that experience in test, you have come out more enriched, you share it as wisdom and you are not sharing that wisdom as a sermon. It is not a sermon. It is something which people look at you, you meet people and you say, well, he never said anything, but his eyes were full of wisdom. And that is the language of experience, of conviction with which you have lived. Uh, there may have been times when people have felt that, well, they have sort of uh, negated you. They have said that, well, whatever you are saying is not right, but you're stuck on to that space, to that uh, experience of yours. And you say, no, but I think it, it worked for me. It may not work for you, but over the years, people also realize, well, it did. It did work. And that, I think, is wisdom. I may be wrong, but no, I think that also is my own conviction with which I speak. It sounds to me like trust. So, you know, trusting our intuition or trusting what we think is important. You say, you know, yeah. what you believe. And not only trust. See, uh, trust could move on to uh, uh, a certain sense of uh, superstition, belief. You know, uh, there are some times when, but when you are putting that trust onto the, uh, onto that uh, space, where you're questioning your own trust by your experience, you are working it out. You say, well, I'm going to try it out. And then you come out. I, I think it's that. You may be right by your uh, yeah. sort of uh, explanation of trust. But for me, it, this is very, uh, very practical. Very, very practical. It is uh, not in the air. It is mm -hmm. down there. It's Andy. very boldly. And do you have like a routine or a structure to your day that you follow that helps you to go in? Absolutely, uh, I, I have. I have my own rituals and ritual is also not always religious. It, it, it is a, a lot to do with my own uh, way of structuring the, my uh, beliefs, my faith, and uh, also my ritual of coming and being here in my studio that's the, the 
the high point of my ritual uh, because I like to come here uh, and be here at uh, nine o'clock and I move out of this place. You must have seen it also uh, only by night and there are times that there is no one uh, visiting me or no one around with me then the lunch is also here all, all the meals are here right <laughs> i don't want to so this becomes a very important ritual but before that my morning ritual uh, is also very important to me my early i uh, get up very early in the morning uh, I have my morning walk, my morning workout, my morning meditation, and after that, uh, um, a religious ritual that I've created for myself, which is not of one particular sort of faith, it involves various faiths, and I feel very happy uh, sort of crossing over different uh, and touching upon uh, different beliefs probably and finding them all sort of amalgamating as one uh, it gives me a, a sense of pleasure uh, in, in uh, the very old saying that there is no other there is only one consciousness there is only one space from which we all come there is only one womb through which we all come and it is it sort of uh, makes me feel very happy about it and it's that is the beginning of my worldly day after that so after that I come to my studio and I end my day also like that only I have a short meditation time uh, I like to put myself to bed with music with certain uh, mantras or certain uh, ragas and that that becomes uh, the end and most of my days are like that only until and only if there is some kind of a disruption which really bothers me uh, you know sometimes but then I tell that well this also can happen so this is what life is all about cannot be just planned. Yes, and so the womb is very important in the work that you do. And and how how does sure. that how does that relate to kindness? Would you say like the very idea of being born is an act of violence and kindness both. You know, it, it is, I, I think it is not only the biological birth that I'm talking about, because we are being born every moment, and every moment we are alive because of the kindness of the other. And the other is. Uh, how are we connected? What do I mean by this? Uh, according to Tantra, according to the yogic sciences, our breath is our main connection uh, through which we are living to the body, right? And how is that breath happening? The moment we are breathing out, we are taking somebody's breath inside, which is there out there in the universe which is out there for us, that is also called prana, the prana shakti, or the, the ability of, for us to breathe in and breathe out. This can only happen because if everything around us is breathing, I think what bigger kindness the fact that we are totally interdependent on each of us, whether we like it, we don't like it, but that's how the universe is made. That's how the feminine decided for us to live in spite of that. And we are tied to each other by breath. 
there's no physical form or something that we are tied to by an umbilical, really seen umbilical cord or, you know, something like that. But we are tied to exist. The animals, the trees, the rivers, the waters, the skies, the oceans, anything, anything you see, animals, birds, everything is tied with each other. The mountains, everything is feeding off each other. And I think because there has been a change in the dynamic somewhere, the change in the, the food cycle, somewhere we, we did disrespect uh, it, disrupted it, we tried to change it and we did. There has been an imbalance and we can see that around happening. The moment we try to put it back, any person tries to put it back, they try to get back to the system, they get back to the nature, get back to the environment around us, give it back, feed it. It feeds you back immediately. There's no, uh, you know, there's no delay in that. And we've seen that. And I think that's the biggest act of kindness. And the rest of the moral acts of kindness come much later. I'm going down to the basic physical level of existence. Yes, and why, um, you know, why did you connect with this art of kindness event? You know, is this part of, is this something that's important in the work that you do and you produce or how you are? You said it's also, you know, it's not the sermons. It's also how we embody and how we, how we are. Uh, I think I uh, connected with it not because of the title of the thing that of kindness or uh, the kindness, kindness cafe or something, uh, but the fact uh, I knew you so uh, no, I, I'm talking, I, I Seema, before me about the exhibition, you know, oh, the that exhibition. one. So oh, how, yeah, because, yeah. you know, then I connected with you, but, you know, we both yeah. were there because of kindness. It was, so. uh, they, they, they uh, actually, when we came uh, together, it was, uh, the way it was uh, conveyed to me, it was uh, more of uh, an activity where uh, they would be connecting with people, with the artists in a very different way. It was supposed to be something to do with kindness. Uh, it was later, it was, a, uh, a, I, I realized that it was uh, a, like any other gallery, any other portal, but of course they, uh, they, everyone needs to be existing and probably that was the reason and uh, uh, the word kindness is such that um, it puts me in a space uh, of humility there's a some uh, there's sense of being humble uh, you cannot be kind without being humble you know, so that was something uh, which, uh, in fact, connected me to them. They were extremely humble also. And uh, their whole approach was very different than the normal commercial galleries would have. So that was the reason uh, of my connecting with them. Uh, but it was like a normal commercial show. Uh, and they tried their best, probably. They are still trying their best to be different than the usual galleries. And what, what are some of your latest projects? What are you working on right now? Uh, I'm working on zinc plate etchings. I'm coming up with my single edition, not single, 10 edition book, uh, an artist book um, with <coughs> just <coughs> 10 prints. There, I don't know if you know the process of zinc plate etchings. We draw on zinc plate. <coughs> Can I have a sip of water? Yes. Yeah. So, 
So uh, I, I'm doing the, these uh, special zinc plate etchings, which are very, uh, I love the process because this process is very, uh, where you're connecting your, you know, whole self with a plate and then you're drawing in each uh, print that you sort of work with is a unique print. It is a unique kind of a print from that. So they're just going to be 10 copies. I'm working on that. I'm working on a book, uh, which is uh, going to be, I think, uh, which is due for uh, next year, early next year. It's done uh, uh, by 10 authors about my work. So we are busy finishing that off. And also for a solo shows, there are a lot of things happening, uh, you know, and I'm waiting for my caster to bring out my uh, little sculptures that I've done during the pandemic. I uh, sort of, uh, the pandemic, I must say, was the best, not the best time, but for an artist, because the, we were totally confined and there was no one coming, no one going, nowhere to go, no social events, no openings. So it was just the time I think anyone would want, any creative person would want. And uh, there was no night and day for me at, during that period. So I had created some sculptures which are uh, already there at the caster and I'm waiting for them to come back. So there's lots, lots happening. <laughs> so um, with um, wisdom, how can yeah. we create a recipe for wisdom to help people to connect with this? Do you have an idea for a title of a recipe? Something they can practice, you know, to go inward, to also, you know, I remember this thing as well. You have so many books in your house as well. So when yes. I was there, I felt like, you know, I was like staying in your daughter's room at the time, I think, and all these yeah. incredible books, you know? And I think one part of wisdom is something a little bit about knowledge, but it's not just knowledge. But I see all no, these books and you had this big red, you have the Jung, Carl Jung red, yes, red book there as well. So, yeah. um, you know, all this is perhaps inspiration, you know, to dip in and dip out of. of course, I mean, uh, you know, it's very important. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, for me, reading has been, my source of information uh, and knowledge cannot come through books. You've got to leave it behind and actually practice it. And so uh, books were important, but at the same time, I feel the recipe for kindness uh, is none other than how you see the, the other, whoever it is, an animal or the things which you think are non-living, maybe also living, you know. Uh, I'm not telling that to go to that extent that you start, you know, talking to the table or something, but uh, the fact is that we, we do not know the journey of the other being. Yes. We cannot penetrate into our own lives, look backwards with introspection and say, okay, this is how it was. And we are usually not very kind to ourselves. Also, uh, we are judging ourselves according to that. Other becomes extremely important in our lives. Uh, as far as it sort of nourishes us or keeps us busy in our own thoughts. But what I, I feel, the moment you become kind to the fact that this is something that we have, this body is something that we have, we need to nourish it, we need to understand at 
first point, I feel it is important uh, to be kind to yourself and how to be kind, kind to yourself is to sort of uh, look at it as, as something that has been a gift to you. It is a gift that you've received. And uh, I think it is a very uh, uh, a cyclic question, you know, like you have to have faith uh, or a belief in some consciousness, some kind of uh, supreme consciousness, a space which nourishes us all. And we have received this, you know, so you be kind to yourself. And then in response to your being kind, kind to yourself, you see yourself in the other. And you feel, well, there is not much difference. There isn't. And we both sustain each other because of being there, because we are together. You know, uh, I think as a small child, this phrase, I think we all have read that man is a social animal. But in spite of that, we feel that we need to move out of the social system, we don't really need to move out of any social system. We don't need to rectify anything. We need to rectify ourselves to rectify any social system because we are the social system. We are the people who have made it. So kindness is the first step to, I feel, I don't know, I may be wrong, to have the, the idea of love, you cannot be kind without love. You cannot express love without being kind. I don't know if it is too confusing, but that's the way <laughs> I feel. Because uh, no love can happen. You keep saying, oh, I love, I love, I love this, I love that, I love you, I love that, I love him, I love myself. But the idea of kindness doesn't come. You know, the idea of kindness to be more humble, more, uh, uh, I think, approachable. All these words, they lead to kindness. Yeah. So uh, I think that uh, becomes a very main ingredient for this recipe. Okay, so this recipe for wisdom, some of the ingredients you're saying is uh, humility. Yeah. Which also, you know, we need to be kind. A little bit of love, I think you're talking about. Yes, a lot of love. Because a lot. Without okay. love, nothing is moving. Okay. <laughs> it's not moving. Okay, yeah. lots and lots of love. And what else do we need yeah. to, to have wisdom? Or is that that's enough of the ingredients? And then do we need, do we need some solitude? Do we need um, some routine? See, some of course, space? Uh, the solitary is introspection is very in, important. And introspection is now not what possible without solitude. You need to be spending time with yourself, and that is to make yourself your friend, yourself a friend first. You know, love how, how do you, how do you do that, Simo? Because I, I get up in the morning <laughs> and I think the first thing I look at myself before I brush my teeth, and I look at myself in the mirror and I say, Oh God, this is lovely, what a beautiful day. And actually, I don't know what I'm excited for, but I am very happy to be alive and seeing another day. Uh, even though I must have had a hard evening, a hard, uh, you know, while sleeping, while meditating also, because these thoughts don't go. You know, the hard days, thoughts, or a hard time somebody has given you, in spite of you being very generous, very humble, very kind, and very everything, but the things have not worked, you know? You've been smiling, and the other person has just told you, why is smiling so much? I don't need your smile, you know? And you just wonder, okay, but I was smiling at myself, sorry. So, you know, you're just trying to make a 
everything easy for yourself and for the other. But you sleep and you sleep with heavy thoughts uh, and you wonder, is it wrong what I'm doing? Was I wrong in all this whole thing about being kind and being good? Are these values, these morals, uh, have they all been left behind? Are we in really in a new world, a world without all this? And you're wondering and you put yourself to sleep. In the morning you get up and you say, okay, here we are, a new day. I wasn't expecting this. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is my, uh, I think uh, the first thing is to smile at yourself. Give yourself a smile and you don't need to be smiling only at the mirror. You, you can be smiling at yourself while working. You know, because I feel the, the smile puts the right muscles to twitch and to something goes to your brain. I am not a scientific person. I don't know anything about science or the hormones or how they're moving, how they're, sorry, I don't know much about that. But I, uh, on my own, I feel it's much easier. It's much easier to just smile and just go ahead. And uh, even while meditating, I think most of the meditation masters, they, when they tell you to sit in a meditation pose, uh, they say a very quiet, you know, don't have a frown on your face, like, you know, you have a very light smile, smiling inwards. It is not that you are, you know, with, you know, with a full smile and cheek to cheek kind. But why is that? Because there is something, because our innate nature is that of happiness. Our innate soul, we belong to that space, we belong to that consciousness, we belong, we were born out of happiness. We were not there. I'm not talking about the physical birth itself. I'm talking about the complete universe, the nature, everything. We are a part of that supreme self, which is Ananda, which is happiness, which is peace, which is love, and which is also beautiful, you know? So, uh, and beauty again is not about the physical and the outer beauty that I'm talking about. I think uh, uh, we are uh, between us discussing, the people who are here listening to this or discussing this uh, are people who have a certain, who have moved to a certain space and who understand these words of love, of peace, of happiness, of forgiveness. And everything first works for you. It has to work for you, then you give it. And these are age-old kind of recipes. They're not uh, sort of created by anyone. They are intrinsic to us. Yes, and I think in some ways, I mean, wisdom is about simplicity, going back to the basics. Yeah, it is. It is. So do you have any tips to help people to... Uh, to uh, spend... Oh, yeah, sorry. to... Yeah, sorry. Say, what were you saying? Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, too. Uh, I would like to kill. No, no, no. We were saying about simplicity. What, what were you saying? So some tips for our listeners or how can they, how can they add or not add? It's like, you know, we think we have to keep adding and adding and adding more to our day, but maybe it's like letting go and, you know, connecting with our source. What, 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 what are some tips? Yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, uh, before the pandemic, the last two years taught me to slow down, actually. I, I have to accept <laughs> that I was not, 
I was a person in hurry because uh, actually I was. Uh, there were uh, times I was traveling like uh, 23 days, 20 days out of a month and traveling abroad in India, everywhere. It is not. So you can imagine two days somewhere flying back, then three days somewhere flying back, walking like from morning to night and then again. Uh, but the pandemic uh, actually taught me well, the world is not missing. You are missing the world. The tree is not holding you. You are holding the tree and you're pretending, oh, it's not letting me go, what do I do? So I think uh, that was very important. It was very important for me. Uh, I, I felt that I had lost a certain period of my time uh, when I was not uh, actually as a full-time full painter. And I, I was just trying to compete with myself, hurry up and probably make up all the moments. And I felt that, well, now that life I've got, I must make myself answerable to each moment, not realizing I still have to be answerable to each moment, how I am spending it. You know, and that eased me. And now I can say, uh, I'm in no panic, no hurry to reach anywhere, because I didn't know where I wanted to reach. It was just that I was running. Yes, and you were very, um, very busy. I think you have so much like yeah. that you want to do. You could do so much yeah. in one day, I remember. And, you know, how does this affect your health? And it's, you know, it does. And we really don't want to pay heed to it, but we know that it is affecting our health. Now there are times when I just tell myself, okay, today I don't want to get up. I, I get up around 4, 4.30 in the morning and I tell myself, I'm really not feeling like, and this happens about twice in a month, twice in a month now, which never used to happen. I don't want to get up. So the rituals can wait. Everything can wait. My body needs rest. It's very important to respect. We respect our cars. We respect our bikes. We respect everything that we ride on, but not this body. And I think that uh, gave me a lot of peace. You know, uh, uh, there were the people close to me they were a bit surprised when I was traveling this time that I was not the first one out of my room standing there. Okay, now we, we need to go to the forest. We need to do this river. We need to, this is recreation I'm talking about. And I need to just finish my breakfast and let the rest of them come back. And then when I'm walking, I may be the first one to finish. The, I don't know why. <laughs> So uh, now, I remember going to the museum with you, Seema. <laughs> you were like, so yes, I've I seen am. everything. <laughs> so now I'm the last one to get out of my room and they're surprised. Well, why? What happened, Seema? What? This is something. And I'm still not in any panic. It's okay. I just wanted to relax in the morning. So I think it's very important, but uh, because when you uh, break this ritual, you are telling yourself that, well, these are made by you for yourself because you respect your body. But if those rituals, they take you over and they take over your body, which is uh, the first thing, you know, you can't sit and meditate if you're not in a, your back is aching, your knees are paining, or you've got a stomach upset, you will never be able to sit down and meditate. So the first thing is to take care of this body, take care of this, uh, this vehicle that we have bought. And what were we talking about? <laughs> you, you just said, you know, how you learned to slow down. And I know you're a very busy woman. And I think your mind is always, you know, always used to be that now. Okay, so yeah, and it's uh, it's great yes. that you have embraced 
this period of time yeah and created the, maybe more of your own ritual and routine to go to do you know your yeah. work and perhaps to live more how you really want to live and before you were perhaps influenced yeah. more by all this busyness of you know invitations yeah, and you I know, know all I, this I well, uh, I think uh, because it is not about the influence, because that's what I was embracing, because that's what I wanted. Uh, the things sometimes which you want are not always good. And that's what the mother nature tells you, comes back and holds your ears, twists it rightly and says, well, child, now you've got to do something else. You've got to slow down. And the whole universe slowed down, right? Everyone was ready running like headless chickens, uh, you know. So I think uh, the things we don't understand, we are made to understand. And it's good to learn. Yes. So thank you so much, Seema, um, for sharing your wisdom with me and the listeners and, you know, the work that you're doing on kindness. I think, you know, it's it's very important. And I know it's not just, you know, you saying things, you're actually living as much as we can, you know, these values. Yeah, I tried um, to. You took care of me while I was in uh, India. So I appreciate that very much. At least, uh, that's the least. Yeah, so that, that's lots and lots of kindness. Um, so you're on Instagram at Seemacoli and your website is seemacoli.com. Is, is and I will put more information in the yeah. episode details. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish today's podcast? Um, not much, just silence, I guess. Yeah, silence, uh, yeah. Just more than solitude, silence for ourselves, the moments, can just embrace silence with a little bit of kindness yes a lot of kindness a lot of humility that's all thank you so much for having me that's it's been a very good talk and very informal and actually uh, from the heart yes thank you Seema for your time listening to the kindness chef podcast and sitting with us to learn more about ways you can serve kindness to yourself and others to nourish your mind body and soul if you'd like to find out more go to www.kindnesschef.com where you can join a free community for this podcast where you can learn more about serving kindness to yourself and others and also, if you're a female entrepreneur or leader who is ready to be part of an online community to master being kinder together, find out more information for a new program that's launching in January 2022. Thank you.